But a promise is a promise. I'm assuming that someone just broke a promise that was made to you. Well, let me ask you something. Have you ever broken a promise? So there's no one who could keep promises? I don't know. Why don't you take a survey? I will, and I will get to the bottom of this. Excuse me, I'm taking a survey. Would you mind answering some questions? Is there anyone that you know who is able to keep a promise? Hmm, well, our grandparents promised to lo always love each other in marriage until death. And that's a big promise to keep. So it is possible to keep a promise. So they never broke any promises? Oh, well, there is that time Grandma promised to make pancakes for us, but she forgot to buy flour. It happens. <laughs> Excuse me, I'm taking a survey and asking if you know anyone who is able to keep all her promises. The only one who can keep every promise is God. Interesting. Interesting. And what is your proof? In the Bible, in 2 Peter 1, 4, God says, He has given us His very great and precious promises, so that through them you may participate in the divine nature, having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. Okay, so God makes promises, but how do we know that He will keep them? Well, because God is... He is, well, he's God. And is, and is that supposed to convince me? Numbers 23 verse 19 says that God does not change his mind. What he says he will do, he does. What he promised, he keeps. Promise? I don't know. Now I have only more questions. I'm just wondering if you know of any promises that God has made and kept. Sure. God has kept all of his promises. And how can you know that? Fourteen says that you know with all your heart and soul that not one of all the good promises the Lord your God gave you has failed. Every promise has been fulfilled. Not one has failed. Like what exactly? Uh, oh, I know. We just studied that. In Genesis 12:2, God says to Israel, "I will make you into a great nation." I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. That one. <clears throat> You're on the wrong page. And it 
in Genesis 12, 3, God says, I will bless those who bless you and whoever curse you, I will curse and all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. But how is that proof? All the people on earth have been blessed because of Jesus, and Jesus came from the people of Israel. How do we know that Jesus really came? There were many witnesses at that time, and history supports this. More, import more importantly, the Bible says it. Galatians 3.8 says that Scripture foresaw that God would justify the Gentiles by faith and announced the gospel in advance to Abraham. All nations will be blessed through you. And how do we know that the Bible is true? Second Timothy 3.16 says that all scripture is inspired by God and is useful, useful for teaching and for showing people what is wrong with their lives. It is useful for correcting faults and teaching how to live right. Those were good answers, but now I have more questions. What kind of questions? Uh, yes. Oh, got it. Yes, maybe we can help answer some of them. Can you really? Because I'm looking for some real answers. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and it fi will find. Knock and the door will be open to you. And that's a promise found in Matthew 7, 7. And Deuteronomy 4, 29 says, If from there you seek the Lord your God, you will find him if you seek him with all your heart and with all your soul. So if you want to find the truth, you will. In Matthew 3, 16, Jesus promises that blessed are your eyes because they see and your ears because they hear. Hey, what were you just talking about? God promises to us right now. I'm seeking, but I'm just not totally seeing it all yet. There's some kind of promise about Jesus blessing us uh, somehow, and all I know is I want to know that. Awesome. Then you should hear what Jesus says in John 5, verse 24. I tell you the truth. Whoever hears what I say and believes in the one who sent me has eternal life. He will not be judged guilty. He has already left death and has entered into life. Life? What kind of life? Eternal life. John 3.16 tells us, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. And John 3.17 says, For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him? Sounds like a very nice promise, but why exactly do I need that? 
Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Jesus in Christ Jesus our Lord. If that's a promise, how does that even work? That's the best part. We don't do any of the work. <coughs> Jesus has done all the work for us. That is a gift, a free gift. For it is by grace you have been saved, through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. But in the past, I've had gifts lost or taken away, especially when I've been bad. In Ephesians 1, 13 through 14, it says, <coughs> In him you also, after listening to the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation, having also believed, you are sealed in him with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is given as a pledge of our inheritance with a view to, to the redemption of God's own possession, to the praise of his glory. Thanks, this is awesome. I do believe in Jesus, so now what? Because I believe I won't have any more problems? Will my life be totally perfect? Oh, I uh, know we will promise that we will suffer. Huh? Huh? What? Second Timothy three twelve says, In fact, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. Well, I know I get upset when promises are broken, but I would not mind if God broke this one promise. God is not the one who causes us to suffer. Suffering is because there's sin in, the, in this world. Please, you've got to tell me. I mean, it's nice that God saved me from my sin to give me eternal life after I die, but what about right now? Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer, do not petition with thanksgiving. Present your request to God and the peace of God with transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and minds in Christ Jesus. Philippians 4, 6 through 7. And is that a promise? And what about when we need something? My God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. Philippians 4, 19. What about when a bully picks on me? God gives strength to all the weary and increases the power of the weak. Isaiah 42:29. What if something seems hopeless? All things are possible with God. Mark 10:27. Even when bad things happen? 2 Corinthians 1, 3 through 4 says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father in compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any troubles when with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. What about when we don't know what to do? Mm, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you, James 1, 5. Well, what about when sad stuff happens? Jesus says in Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 through 29, 
come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your soul. And even when we are the ones who make a mess of things, First John 1, 9 says that if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just, and just, and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. We already know from Isaiah 43, verse 25, that God says, I am the one who forgives all your sins. I do this to please myself. I will not remember your sins. Exactly. When we become Christians, God forgives all our sins, even though he knows we will continue to make mistakes. And because we love God, we want to try, obey, and live for him. And when we do, we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Romans 8:28. We have a purpose. What if I don't do a good job? God promises to help us with that too, but, th but thanks be to God who always leads us in victory. Though Christ God uses us to spread his knowledge everywhere like a sweet smelling perfume. 2 Corinthians 2.14 God began doing a good work in you, and he will continue it until it is finished when Jesus Christ comes again. I am sure of that. Philippians 1 verse 6 it's just so amazing that God will keep all of, his, all of those promises. And why wouldn't he? He loves us so much and he's all powerful. So even when other people break their promises, I can hold on to God's promises and not be afraid of anything. But in all these things, we have full victory through God who showed his love for us. Yes, I am sure that nothing can separate us from the love God has for us. Not death, not life, not angels, not ruling spirits, nothing now, nothing in the future, no powers, nothing above us, nothing below us, or anything else in the world will, will be, ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Romans 8, verse 39 through 30, 37 through 39. Amen. 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 <sighs> Great to get some young faces up here, amen? amen. You saying my face is old? <laughs> this skit had some deep things to think about. Amen. Complex theological truths. You guys did so good. Amen. So good. This has been a real blessing. Our skit, as, as you saw, was about the promises of God, um, learning to trust Him. Have you ever had a hard time trusting somebody? Yeah? What's an example of a time that you struggled to trust someone? Anyone have an example? Yeah, Mython, when did you have a hard time trusting someone? 
Okay, so he said basically if people have been being mean to you, uh, and then they're saying, hey, trust me, it's hard. Hard to trust them, right? Because you've had those previous negative experiences with them. You ever um, try to find a new doctor, or you need to get your car worked on, and maybe you're new in town, you don't know anybody. Who do I go to? Who do I trust? Maybe you want to get a second opinion sometimes from the doctor. Uh, we struggle sometimes to trust, but I, I have a question for you. How do we develop trust in people? What's the process that we go through in order to develop trust? Okay, starts with our, our parents. Hopefully our parents are people who can be trustworthy people. Yeah, we trust them for everything when we're, when we're babies, don't we? Yeah. Yeah. It's a process, isn't it? Usually, you don't just trust. You've heard of love at first sight? Uh, that may be more common than trust at first sight, right? Uh, and if you do have trust at first sight, maybe you should back off on that a little bit because in our world today, we have to be careful and we have to go through a process. We want to make sure that somebody is trustworthy. I remember the very first time I went rock cl climbing. I was in eighth grade, and we were on our eighth grade class trip. We went to an indoor gym, got our harnesses on and our shoes on, and I got tied into the rope, which was already up through the anchors uh, near the ceiling. And my friend's dad was going to be holding the rope for me. And it was my very first time doing this. You think I was a little bit nervous? Yeah, I was a little bit nervous. I wasn't sure about this whole thing. I wanted to know that I could trust the rope and I could trust my friend's dad to hold me. So I said, hey, let me just go up a few feet here and I'm going to sit down, relax onto the rope just a couple feet off the ground because I want to make sure that it will hold me. I wanted to make sure that even though he was promising not to drop me and the gear was supposed to hold me, I wanted to make sure that I wouldn't fall. And I didn't. And as I kept on climbing, I, I became more and more comfortable. I learned to trust in the rope. I learned to trust more in the gear and the people that I went with. Uh, but then as I was climbing, I heard about this stuff called trad climbing or traditional climbing. That's where you don't put bolts, where there aren't already bolts in the rock. That's where you put your own gear into the rock. You, you stick something into the rock that looks like that. This is called a cam. You squeeze the trigger and you slide it into the crack and then it, when you pull down on it, it wants to expand and so it holds you in the crack. And the first time I heard about this, I said, that is insane. I will never do that. That does not look trustworthy at all. Well, guess what? I started to experience it and see it more and I had friends who would do it and they weren't dying. <laughs> and I began to learn that this stuff is actually really strong. This is really strong. You know, I looked at the manufacturer's tag here because it tells you, it gives a promise from the manufacturer how strong it's supposed to be. And here it tells you that this will hold 14 kilonewtons, which is over 3,000 pounds. Yeah. Yeah. Now, now that, 
is if it's used properly, if the rock quality is good enough. And if you want to look at this afterwards, I'll, I'll, I'll share it with you guys. But I began to trust it more. And pretty soon I was able to go places and do things because of this gear that I couldn't have done had I not learned to trust. That's a picture I took of my friend when we were climbing one day. So it's one thing to believe that something can hold you. It's one thing to say, I know that God has promises in his Bible and I believe them. But you know what the Bible says? It says that the devils, the demons, believe in Jesus. They know who Jesus is. They know that Jesus is telling the truth. So it's one thing to say, yeah, I know that's going to work. I know that God can be trusted. And it's another thing to say, okay, God, here's my life. I am going to trust you. I found this cool video because I told you this can hold 3,000 pounds, but I want to show uh, this video. This guy cut a, a notch in a big boulder because he wanted to test this out to see how strong it was. Now, he's not strong enough to lift it himself, so he has to get a forklift, bring the forklift in, get it all hooked up properly, and lift, and let's see if it breaks. Yeah, it's very impressive. That's from something he just slid into the rock like this, and it's now holding. Uh, that, in the video, he says it's about this, uh, the weight of a small car, uh, that rock there in particular. And then in the end, he just pulls it out, and it still works fine. It's one thing to say, I know that God is trustworthy, and it's another thing to put your life into God's hands. Trust grows as you develop a relationship, as you experience and you see that God is trustworthy. You know, the other day I was up in Sonora, I was doing some rock climbing with my friend, and there was a guy and his girlfriend that joined, uh, that came to the area where we were at. And it's always interesting to see that dynamic when you've got some people together, especially if one is inexperienced and the other one is experienced. This can, can cause some tension in a relationship when there's fear involved. So the girl had never climbed outside before, and this guy had climbed outside a lot. And she starts to climb, and he's belaying her, he's holding the rope, and she gets up a little bit, and she's scared. I'm just a few feet over doing a different climb, and I can hear her, ah, do you have me? Are you sure? Oh, I'm scared, and I got you. I got you. I want to come down. She wasn't that far off the ground, but, but I could relate because I knew how I felt when I was just learning. She said, I want to come down, and he said, why don't you just take a little break there, and then we'll see if you want to go again. And I recognize those tactics because I've used those on other people before. <laughs> just relax. Let's just see if you can go a couple more feet, just a little bit higher. <laughs> so I'm chuckling to myself, even as I have sympathy for her. Well, after a while, she basically got to the top of this climb, and it was not an easy climb. But she was just gripping the rock and was terrified. And now things were starting to get kind of intense between her and her boyfriend. And she was saying, I want to come down. 
but she wasn't letting go of the rock. And the only way for her to come down was to let go of the rock. There was no other way for her to get down. She couldn't hike around. It was impossible. The only way she was going to get down was to trust that he was holding her. So she said, hold me, may hold me. And he said to her, I already am holding you. I've been holding you. The rope was, was really tight at that point, and it was already supporting her body weight. She just had to let go and trust. I don't know what you're struggling with in trusting God. I don't know what you're dealing with right now. Maybe you have challenges in your family. Our tendency as humans is to try and hang on ourselves and handle it ourselves. Or maybe you have issues at school. You, need, you try and just do the homework all by yourself all on your own. Many of us are struggling with grief and loss right now. But the good news of the gospel and the good news from our adventurers in their skit this morning is that we don't have to go this journey on our own. We have a God who's never broken a promise. We have a God who always fulfills his promises. So today, whatever you're dealing with, Trust that God will take care of it for you. Let go and let God. And as Psalms 34, verse 8 says, taste and see that the Lord is good. Our adventurers are going to come up and help us sing our final song, Standing on the Promises. And I think it's appropriate for us to rise to our feet and to stand as we sing this closing hymn, and they'll tell you what number it, it will be. It's number 518. 518.
Let's bow our heads. Dear Heavenly Father, through your grace and your strength, we again today choose to stand upon your promises. Lord, we know if we fall down, you'll catch us and you'll help us back up again. So we thank you for your wonderful grace. We thank you for the lessons we've learned from these beautiful young children. And may we apply them in our lives today and each day. Bless us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.